With Virgin Media, you can build up the entertainment and tear down the price. Switch to Virgin Media today and get super-fast broadband and TV for just €49 a month for an awesome 12 months. The sale that stacks up. Now on. See virginmedia.ie and check out how our mobile sales stacks up too. T's and C's apply. See virginmedia.ie. 12-month contract. Offer ends 27th of February 2019. Hi, from Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Adam, sitting in for Dan. Coming up on today's episode, we are going to, uh, well, we have a movie review. Movie review, yeah. And uh, and then we're going to talk about Adam's dizzies. He's had a case of the dizzies. My dizzy spells. (laughs) And we're going to put a nice little sort of rational, atheist, little spin discussion thing on there. I do like that it makes me sound like I'm like the wife of a plantation owner, though, where I'm just like, (laughs) it's too hot out and I've got the vapors and I have to go lay down. You're having another one of your spells. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> to go have a mint julep. Oh my goodness! Well, let's start with that. Actually, if, if oh. we're already we're already yeah, there, we're there. This, this, is good, this is a good thing to start yeah, with. Yeah, we can kind of mix things up a little bit. So for the, like the last month, mm-hmm. I've been I've been dealing with uh, both dizzy spells, and I've been having uh, my eyesight's been blurry. And what's weirder is that I've been having uh, um, sort of seeing. Uh, not seeing lights like lights that aren't there, but just like light affects my eyes mm-hmm. in a strange way. There's sort of tracers and lines and things. Mm-hmm. I just from recently going to the doctor after having to do, I told you about the whole clockwork orange. They had to put yeah. goggles yeah. on. Yeah. Crazy sounding. Yeah. Just awful, strange things that no one should ever have to go through. I felt like Reagan McNeil in the exorcist, right? Where she's like, <laughs> got the big machine rolling over her head. And she's like, mommy hurts. And, uh, so, Essentially, they they came up to with the conclusion that that I have an atypical migraine, what they refer to as a silent migraine, right? Mm, okay. And so it doesn't. There's usually not a headache attached to it, at least not in the beginning, right? Um, they got me on medication and everything. Now I'm sure I'm going to be fine. But it, this is something that we started talking. About. We started talking about this idea of um, what it was that I was seeing, which well, yeah. they call auras. Right. right. My, my, my immediate reaction was, Oh my God. Like just thinking about how this is, is, is just a state that you're going to be in for a number of months, maybe yeah. At, yeah. At sort of on the long end. Mm-hmm. Right. It was sort of what you were saying. Yeah. Um, but, but I was really thinking about how, how that sounds like revelation. Exactly. How that sounds like a spiritual. I mean, if you were, Instead of you in you know 2012, yeah. Instead of a priest or a monk or in like the 1600s, a, right? Some sort of um, any an ascetic of some kind. Even, I think you know? even a, even a boy in a village somewhere, right? <laughs> he has the sight because I looked it but up it just, here and we've got oracle, prophet. Mm. Let's okay. Let's start. So oracle priest or priestess or other creature through whom a god is believed to speak sure uh prophet one who claims to have received divine messages or insights Mm. shaman person thought to possess spiritual and healing powers Mm -hmm. right and omen sign of future events yeah yeah. and so i mean it could be everything from like some kid has a migraine 
right? right? And he looks out across uh, the village square to a building, and he's like, it looks funny. It looks like there's lights around it. And then that night, lightning hits that building just because of chance, and it burns to the ground. They make that boy the king. Or of- not <laughs> that night. It could be two months later or yeah, in, it, within yeah, right. a reasonable spell of time, <laughs> something very minor happens. Yeah. And instead, this kid is like lifted up as, as, as or, a seer. Or, or, or they kill him. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of going right. like Salem well, witch trials here. Those like, were the two possibilities. Well, right? you know, you think about things like uh, if they believed him, those were the two possibilities. Right. Well, you, you know how, you know, uh, 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 Freud always kind of talked about this idea of the pressure of, and, and the madness of the crowd. Right. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that, you know, if you have uh, a group of people that are acting strange, the odds of you just starting to act strange also is is greater. Right. And so right. you think about something like the witch trials and it's like. A, these were kids that started this thing where there were like two little girls who were swearing and throwing rocks and and being generally just little assholes. Right. And that somehow translated into other kids doing it too. And then what what do the authorities do? Well, they must all be possessed. Right. 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 Like that's the only logical conclusion is everyone Mm -hmm. here must be possessed. And it's like, really there, there could, it could have been the most nominal thing that, that nowadays we know like, oh, it's ADHD. Right, right. It's just, just like we don't have to kill anyone. No, yeah. no one has to die. Well, and uh, recently there was that that case in um, in upstate New York. Oh, and it was a bunch of teenage girls um, who um, started involuntarily twitching and clapping and fluttering fingers. This is recently. Touching. Yeah, this was God because this honestly sounds last exactly. August. This sounds exactly like the Salem witch trial stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is oh, the yeah, same no. way that that stuff started. Um, I think we might have talked about it in one of, like the really really early episodes. Wow. Um, what did they end up thinking it was? What did they? Well, at first they were like, "What's in the water? What's going on? What's mm. what's affecting our teenage girls? Our sure. our population right. in general?" And they were like, "Well, why only teenage girls?" And then this and then that. And they were like, "Oh well." You know, it may, maybe it's some weird chemical release or something that girls would be susceptible to. Right. And then, like, you know, the you know the CDC and other sort of experts were just like, well, you know, there is this other thing that it could be. It could just the teenage girls are you know they're very susceptible to suggestions. They're doing all this weird behavior, and, and it's, behavior it's getting it's getting them the all of this attention. And yeah. like, why would they keep doing it? It's just getting them all this attention. Yeah. Teenagers aren't like that, no, are not they? at all, right? <laughs> and so, but anyways, but they're not doing it to get the attention. It's it's more that there's now sort of this suggestion in the community, right? That, that this is something that could happen to you, and so you're likely to do it. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, there's a whole thing about uh, uh, about a laughing disorder, um, mm. and I can't. It, it, it was, I think it was uh, some studies done in the '60s and '70s of of these communities where the entire community was overcome with laughing fits for like Weird. weeks at a time. Yeah. But there were these little remote communities out mm. in the middle of nowhere. So. I mean, I think it all comes back, like you said, to this idea of hysteria, but then also, you know, to just general mental illness. Like, you know, anytime that somebody gets depressed, you know, you think about what we know now about psychosis and Mm -hmm. hearing voices, you know, having auditory and visual hallucinations. I mean, that 
really, if that doesn't sound like either Nostradamus or Joseph Smith, then you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you, you like God spoke to you and he opened a seal and he showed you things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have pills for that now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you just need a good dose of Seroquel and God will stop talking to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, well, speaking of water um, and the need for clean water, actually, <laughs> I'm going to... Your segues are just adorable. Well, thank you. Um, there's, um, and this this is, what's interesting about this story is that it's being sort of tied in and linked into sort of the, the, the Christian evangelical goodness. Oh, okay, okay there's, sure. so there's a social entrepreneur, um, which, which is interesting that they're not actually calling it that in, any, in the articles that I've read. Nobody's actually put social and entrepreneur together and maybe just because the place that we work we're a little more aware of that is a concept yeah but um but um anyways um so this guy who used to be a uh, christian youth minister um sort of had this moment this revelation that he calls it oh yeah um, again that mental illness mental illness <laughs> well no i think this is just a christian dude yeah just a revelation evangel- an evangelical type be, be careful with the word um he he had an idea to sell bottled water um that where 100 percent of the net profits would go to fund clean water projects in haiti asia and africa oh Great idea. Sure. Like set up and set up a that for-profit a, entity yeah. that send, that puts all of its profits into a nonprofit, right? That it's a, re- it it's a reader's digest story waiting to happen. It's wonderful, yes. right? Wonderful thing that he's doing. Um, and so what he did is he um, entered the uh, get on the shelf contest being sponsored by Walmart, um, which was a sort of a, you know, um, send us your ideas, We'll put them on our web. People can vote for them. Right. Okay. And whichever one comes out on top, we'll, we have like some select stores around the country and we'll put your product out there in front of the people and let them sort of, you know, let them buy it. Yeah. We'll just give, we'll we'll, we'll give you this platform. Right. right. And so he ends up winning um, because of a strong social uh, network marketing campaign. Yeah. Can't uh, lose. Can't lose. Can't lose. He sort of, he, he understood the the technology and all this kind of stuff. And then he says... It's so ridiculously improbable that the only thing I can say is that it's a miracle um, that he that he came up with the idea that it went that it that he found people who supported it and who would give him sort of some some seed money and that then like that through the whole process he he's like because I I started out studying I think it was like communicate broadcast communications or something like it was totally not. You know, to become a youth minister. Right. And then he's like, and then I became a youth minister. And now I'm running an organization that sells bottled See, water. And, and again, I, I know that the joke is like two years old, but it's the same argument against the insane clown posse song. Not everything is a miracle. <laughs> when we start saying that just a giraffe is a miracle because it is one. We, we, right. we're, it's a slippery slope. When you have not a, everything is a miracle. You have a good idea. Yeah. Other people believe in it because yeah. it's a good idea. One of the, so you get some, all the initial support from business people. One of the largest corporations in the world decides to be like, "Yeah, sure, you will give you some space right. to well, sell your product." Like that doesn't—it does not constitute a miracle. It's not a miracle. It's not a miracle. It's a good idea. Yeah, 
It's came out of your own head. Yeah. You know what and else was a good idea? I put on pants today and decided to leave the house. <laughs> it's a Is, miracle. Hey, yeah. Adam's wearing pants. Now, everybody. if I was a if I was a paraplegic, then it would be a miracle. That you're walking out the door? Yes. But would that still be a miracle? Surely there'd be an explanation. Yeah. Somewhere. Is that a miracle? I mean, what what would be a miracle to you? What would have to happen in your life for you to be like, there is no other explanation? <sighs> really? <laughs> <laughs> How far out do you have to go? I don't know. Pretty like, far? It's pretty far. Like, what would... Okay, so something in my life. See, because this is always be this is always the I, thing I that I've said. Don't know. This is always the thing that I've I said about I don't about view the world that way. I've always said this about Christ, uh, the idea of Christ's second coming. Is there anything that he could do? You have every news channel, every blogger, every single person has a live feed of a camera focused right on Jesus as he's come back for the second time, and he's here, and he has to prove he's God. He has to prove he's actually here, ready to do it. What could he possibly do? That would make people not just jump on the internet and be like, troll, this guy isn't the real deal. There's nothing. There's nothing that he could do because people are like, CGI, you know? They're like, right. that's it. that's After Effects. I can do that too. Like, there's no miracle. Like, you can't you can't do the miracle anymore, right? Right. It's gone. Well, that, I mean, that that's an interesting idea. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I seriously do not know. Do you know what would be a miracle for you? God, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, like, because, I could like, say if I something all of a sudden snarky, woke up, you know, no, I, I think we should address it. I'd be like, find a good packing spot downtown. But like, you know, <laughs> I don't, I can't think of a real thing to say to you that would be, you know, I guess people that I know that are dead, like knocking on my door and, and coming into my house that would be and having dinner. Yeah. That, that would be something that I'm like, there's no way uh-huh. that this could be anything other than what it is. Right. But that's it. I can't, that still is like. It would have to be that. And even then, I would think that I was ill. But there were, yeah. I'd be like, I'm having a stroke, obviously. <laughs> Do I smell melon? Yeah, exactly. Is anybody else seeing this? It's just me, right? <laughs> well, so so did I, anybody I was... go after this guy about saying that this was a miracle? Or oh, no, no, just... no. Because it's an inspirational story. Like, I, I found this in the religion section. Of, it is such of, a... Like, a couple different And sources. you know what? I said it was a Reader's Digest story, and, and Abby's parents god bless them gave us a subscription to reader's digest oh wow okay i swear like four fucking years ago they're still sending it to my house i have no idea why Mm. they apparently you pay for one year and they're just they just keep sending it to you but reader's digest uh loves doing this they love doing the inspirational story Mm. and at the end somehow trying to obliquely tie it into god's good work Mm. and they try and do it in this real mellow kind of way of just like just makes you realize what a gift you know what a miracle life is and like yeah i know you guys are christian it's cool god just leave me alone you know you don't have to put it in the end of every story so a couple of teenagers got attacked by a bear right. does that have to do with god but somehow they tie it in of like the strength of the boys and it's like so what if they just let themselves die there in the woods then they'd be losers like right well, so yeah yeah i uh, miracle it's a miracle a miracle it's a miracle that you had a good idea and then other people believed in it well, but, I have, but it is a good idea, and I hope he I hope he um, is successful well, at it. Well, and that was one thing I was going to ask: is he is he in any way uh, trying to parlay God into this? Is God is Jesus going to be is on it the like God water? water? Yeah, is it- no, I don't think so. I, it, he's calling it humankind water, um, okay, which is which is nice. Okay, um, it seems to be designed to have a broad appeal, 
Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's like, you know, this is a, a great way for, um, people who, um, yeah, from, from any background to, it doesn't, to, they don't. to support water, uh, clean water in, uh, in some, some parts of the world that don't have it. So every bottle doesn't come with a little, uh, Jack chick, uh, pamphlet. No, <laughs> no. I love those things, though. Yeah, the little you know, the, you know the ones I'm talking about, right? The little chick chick pamphlets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The little like comic strip mm-hmm. ones about you know Becky's best friend got into heavy metal. You know, it's always oh, some like God. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Let's get into this one. Uh, this is uh, our title here: is sacrilegious or just a harmless classroom assignment? Okay. Um, this is essentially about a student drawn picture posted inside of Fresno Unified School. Uh, that was part of an assignment. This is a seventh grader that made this. And the assignment was, uh, let's see, uh, I want to find it here. Um, unified, uh, uh, let's see, students at Hamilton were assigned to create a help wanted. <laughs> Teachers try to do creative things to get their kids engaged in learning, right? Sure. <laughs> Make a help wanted poster for soldiers needed to fight in the Crusades. Okay. We're going to teach you about the Crusades. Now, what would a help wanted poster to get soldiers sure. to be involved? Sure, trying to get the kids to be have to view the, that world and that time in, in right. a different way. Unfortunately, right. you're also talking about trying to do this with one of the bloodiest holy wars in human history. Right. Right? Like the 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 massacring of like hundreds of thousands of Turks, right? <laughs> right? All in the name of God. <laughs> so what does this kid do? And I'm going to, I'm going to show it to you. I, I'm, I'm sure we could put this up on the website or something. Sure. Like yeah. But, uh, so it's Jesus. Oh no. And he's <gasps> pointing and he says, I, it says, I want you to kill all infidels. <laughs> okay. Now, okay. below right. that, it's, it also says, meet me in Jerusalem and get a free ticket to heaven. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So, uh, obviously, this sparked some controversy, uh-huh. as, as you can imagine. Um, uh, let's see. Um, one of the parents said, I do believe common sense tells you, hey, this may not be appropriate for a K-8 through school. Right in the main lobby where each child passes on their way to school and home. Um you know, he called the he called the uh, principal's office, and the aide said something along the lines of "I'll see what I can do," and then hung up the phone. So it's still hanging up there right now. Okay. Okay. Here's my take. The parents want it down. Yes. Okay. Here's my take on it. The student should get an A because he got the message completely right. Yeah. That he- that is as close to a help wanted for the first Crusades poster. You could possibly make. Yeah, sure. Kill yeah. the infidels. Yeah. In the name of in the name of me, Jesus. Right. That's uh, like, and, here's and, the, and earn a free ticket into heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Rabbi Rick Weiner, uh, who has a degree in comparative religious studies, da 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 da, da he commented on this story. Um, you know, historically, the Crusades were seen as uh, uh, were a series of religious wars launched by Christians against mostly Muslim people. Um, <laughs> Rabbi Weiner says it crosses a fine line. Um, uh, he was, he's this guy, uh, uh, with Temple Beth Israel said, if we want to encourage people to learn the lessons of post crusades or post Holocaust, I generally find it's more effective to do it through images of peace as opposed to images of horror. Now, here's my problem with that. 
what what message does just focusing on the piece possibly tell us about not only that battle mm-hmm. but every other battle that's been fought because of religion ever since right like if we're not focusing if we're not focusing on the religious aspects of like oh i don't know how about um the fight over the land uh between the palestinians you know mm-hmm. like oh like of course this is all about religion and it is all about the horror of religion. Like, right. and that that is as close as you can get is Jesus pointing right at you and saying, kill all these people and you get a free ticket into heaven. Like right. that seventh grader has hit the nail on the head. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't think he was trying to be snarky at all. I think he was like, what? Oh, that kid was being snarky. You think? Oh, putting, putting I don't think Jesus were... in seventh grade though. Yes. Yes. You think? Or they had a parent who was like, you know what you should do. See, I guess I look at it. I guess I'm looking at it through a totally different lens. I don't, I feel like that this kid was like, you know what I should, you know, you know, this is, that's exactly what it should be. It should be like uncle Sam, but you know, instead of it being uncle Sam, it should be Jesus. And it's (laughs) the, the, to me, that's what I love about the story is that the, to me, the innocence of it is is palpable. I feel like I, 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 I maybe I'm just more suspicious of of people and intentions and whatnot, but I, my my I would think that it was a parent who was being snarky and was like, "Well, you know," and then like the kid was like, "Yeah, I'll do that," and so draws it all out and they laugh. It's and the a, kid already has a funny sense of humor because their dad or mom has a funny sense of humor to begin with. Because I'm sorry, I look at that and that <laughs> there's some intentional funny. In there, the Jesus first of all looks like the the, the South Park Jesus. It does. So it looks like a drawing from Napoleon Dynamite. Right. It just, his his <laughs> understanding of Jesus is not as a participant at Sunday school. His understanding of Jesus is from a totally different sort okay. of pop cultural might, place. I, I might give you that. Okay, in my mind, yeah, you you might be right. I guess I just <laughs> to me, I just felt like that it was one of those things. And both you and I, you know, we're both instructors, and so we understand this. Mm-hmm you know, you're working with kids and there's a point where you've, you feel like you've come up with a really good idea that's mm-hmm. going to be creative and get kids engaged. And then they start doing that thing. They start working on the project that you've, you've come up with. Mm-hmm. And about 20 minutes into it, you start looking around the room and you're like, Oh, I just totally lost control of this. And this was a horrible idea, <laughs> you know, because it's that thing where it's like you, you start off wanting to make a PSA about, you know, not doing drugs. Sure. And then 20 minutes later, you have one kid that's dressed up in a costume as a giant joint. And you're like, Oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> this totally got out of hand. Like it's, you <laughs> know, our hearts are still in the I right envisioned. place, but this is not what I envisioned. And I feel like that that's what happened here. And that's one of the reasons why I love oh this story. God. Um, Anyway, that's all yeah. I have. Is, okay. It's just uh, anytime that you have kids, I I feel like inadvertently cro- <laughs> crossing a line. Oh my god! All right, so um, so you remember this guy in the Bible, John the Baptist? Oh, hey, yeah, he's he's just ahead, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Eventually, eventually, he yeah. was just ahead. Um, some uh so there's this uh church in uh it's um crap oh in bulgaria like in this it's in bulgaria somewhere okay um that uh has relics Hmm. of john the baptist okay and they've been carbon dated to the first century oh and so they there's actual sort of 
credible. Now it's that's, credible that these are actually really old bones. They didn't come along later. So essentially, and, uh, atheists, game over is what we're trying to say. <laughs> that's it. Well, the discussion's through. It's not like they had a DNA sample. No, I'm that just they saying. Were able to like, well, finally, though, science has come in to really say that everything in the Bible is true. Well, what I find interesting about this is that you know religious folk like carbon dating when it supports them. Yeah, exactly right. They like science when it agrees with them. Let's get that shroud of turn back in here. Let's <laughs> come on. You know, what do like, you got to lose now? Look, I, I love it. I mean, it, it does You're science totally right. even matter? Because like, if if the science had come back and said, no, these are not; these are from like the 14th century. That's or because something you're like that. not looking through the eyes of well, faith, right? Right. Well, God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, totally. He, God controls carbon yeah. and dating it. Of he course, just, he he'll change it back when you're not looking. That's what <laughs> that's what God will do. I don't know. I, I don't know why I automatically I switch over to a southern accent for that one, but it is well, really. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense. It, it is interesting to say. I mean, did they say what the relics are? Um, yeah, they've got like a tooth and a piece of, um, there's bone now, how do they um, even that I think might've been jawbone or some, and part of a skull. But how do they know that that's his? Like what? I mean, because, that's, well, that's, that's the whole thing with all relics. Like, yeah. like what they, is it? There's the a tradition is, and it's been handed down. And so, you know, so one church in, in Europe will have, you know, some relics of John the Baptist right. and some other one will have well, relics they, of John the Baptist, but they're different parts of the body. Yeah. There, well, there's, there's that old adage about that. If you took every sliver that was supposed to be, uh, from Christ's oh, the, cross, the cross, yeah. the cross would be, would stand like 30 stories tall or something like there's it some, a, it was a big cross. Yeah. Um, he was an important man. There was a lot to go around. <laughs> then the no. cross was broken into, you know, is it like Lord of the Rings well, it's it's scattered mi- across the earth. So it could never be put, to, put it's back together. It's a miracle. That's what they would say. Again, right? If you questioned, they're like, "Well, it's a miracle. It's like the loaves and the and the fishes." You know, there was just, there was plenty to go around. Yeah, you can't win, yeah. right? But anyways, I, I just thought this was worth bringing up because I saw the story and I started reading it and I was like, "Oh, this is this is uh, podcast worthy." And I I was just like, "But I don't know. Like, who really cares?" And then I I read the line about the carbon dating. And well, I was you know what? Like, oh well, something that's really interesting and it's a bit of a tangent, but it has to do with both the idea of science and the idea of it's a miracle. Uh, I was just listening um, uh, last night to. Um, a podcast, uh, I think it was a, to the best of our knowledge or something. Mm-hmm. And they were talking to, um, a group of scientists that were talking, that, that, that were discussing how, uh, lately there have been, uh, so many different, um, quantum physicists who've been trying to find this sort of almost, uh, blanket theory in order mm. to explain everything in the universe that mm. right now they're feeling like, uh, it's hard to explain this whole idea of how does something come from nothing? Mm. How does something just appear out of nothing? You know, mm-hmm. does the universe just, you know, uh, m- you know, a millionth billionth of a second after the big bang, did the universe come into being? They're trying to figure out these things that they don't have answers for that, sure. that live okay. in this world of, 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 of quantum physics. Okay. And they, they've been coming so many of these guys are leaning towards string theory as like, well, string theory would explain all of this, right? Because mm-hmm. string theory, uh, you know, lives in this, in this world of, uh, just because something, just because something we can't see it, it means that it, it both is there and, and isn't there at the exact same time. 
So these guys were sort of like leaning towards this and all of these really prominent, um, I wish I could remember some of these guys' names. I, it's all, it's not people that I know, but they were just talking about these different prominent, uh, atheist scientists mm-hmm. sort of stepped in and said, you guys are essentially doing what m- monotheism has done you know, since the birth of man, mm-hmm. which is create a being to say, that's why, because mm-hmm. God made it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're doing the same thing right now with string theory. You right. want to use it to explain all this stuff right. that you don't have an explanation oh, for. Wow. Yeah. And it's totally controversial, but I just thought like that same idea of it's a miracle, you know, here with the quantum uh, physicists, they're going, it's string theory. Right. You don't look any deeper. We don't need to, we just know it's that. And so it's okay. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's pretty funny to have a group of scientists accusing another group of scientists of having too religious a mind mm-hmm. when trying to, to, you know, tackle some of these more, uh, 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 hard to define problems in the yeah, universe. Sure, yeah. Just, uh, just weird. Like it's that same idea though of like, it's a miracle. Yeah. Don't, uh, totally. Don't dig any deeper. It's a mir- Do you remember that show that used to be on like the CW or whatever? And it was John Boy hosting. It was on PAX. Do you remember oh, PAX? God, yeah. And uh, actually, John Boy from the Waltons with yeah, the yeah, big, yeah, yeah. The, the big mole on his face. Is that the guy with the. Oh, God. You know, I can't even. I can't yeah, do it. He's awful. close to. But anyway, so uh, yeah, John Boy. It was John Boy. I've met he, him before. He was, he was hosting this show, and uh, it was called It's a Miracle. <laughs> and they would tell. They would. They would. They would some something would happen and then it was like it's a miracle and it was like it it was like ripley's believe it or not (laughs) except it was it's a miracle it was so weird just and every single thing was in no way a miracle no no just like what we were talking about earlier yeah you know it's just Just like because you can't explain it doesn't mean that it's a miracle yeah it's like because you don't understand just because there's no you know in your observable world yeah any, well, anything that you can see and that, that stuff, made something happen. And that stuff that is, that stuff always seems to boil down to being like some golly shucks, like middle America, like apple pie kind of story too. like a total Paul Harvey. Like uh, uh, there's one more thing we haven't told you. Douglas was an orangutan. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's right. always something where you're just like, it's a miracle. What yeah. else? There's no yeah. other explanation. Oh. Animals don't act like that. Yeah. It must be a miracle. It was. Yeah. Um, Boy, none of, nothing I have here is a segue for anything we've been talking about. Oh, well, I just that's fine. every single time I feel like I'm just cutting in. But, that's fine. Just right. go for it. You're so good at them though, so I feel oh, like I'm ruining. Uh, this is a very interesting one, and I feel like this is one of these things that, like, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's you know, it's like the scene in the movie where you've you've gotten you know you you feel like you maybe have gotten to like this character, and then all of a sudden like he gets turned into a vampire, and you're like, oh no, now he's one of the bad guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, this filmmaker. I want to tell you about a filmmaker named Eric Allen Bell. Okay. Uh, he's a documentary filmmaker. Um, he was a fixture at court hearings and protests in 2010 over an Islamic center in, I hate towns with these names, Murfreesboro. <laughs> There's no way to know how that's pronounced. Murfreesboro. There's no way to know. It's awful. Yeah. And Murf- if you went to Tennessee, they, uh, they have something that sounds 
totally yeah. different. Yeah, they don't yeah. they don't know no. how it's pronounced okay. either. Um, uh, so over this controversy at this Islamic center, so they wanted to build this mosque in Murfreesboro, okay? And, Murfreesboro. And Eric Ellen Bell. Murfreesboro. Murfrey, Murfreesboro. Maybe, I don't know. I think okay. I need to put in some chewing tobacco and then I can pronounce it. Murfreesboro. <laughs> Uh, so, um, he was making a movie called not welcome, which, uh, depicted the mosques, uh, 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 the mosque trying to be built and the Southern Christians, uh, uh, who were not allowing for it to be built in this whole Islamophobia and all this stuff. Right. So he moves down there two years ago. Okay. And is working with these uh, 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 Muslims in this community and going and interviewing these, uh, you know, bigots or whatever about this. Mm -hmm. Now, he says the mosque is part of a plot to destroy America. (laughs) He claims that the mosque is built on a foundation of lies in a recent op-ed piece at the anti-Islam site jihadwatch.com. Wow. I want to communicate that the biggest threat to humans right now is Islam, he said in a recent phone interview. Uh, Mosque supporters feel betrayed by Bell. They wonder if he was a fraud or had been paid off by anti-Muslim groups. Only a hired gun would switch sides like this, said Jay Short of Middleton, Tennessee's for Religious Freedom. Bell, a 44-year-old California native, moved to Murfreesboro in 2008. So he's actually been there for four years. After a previous movie, Project lost its financing. A self-described liberal, he runs a website about spirituality and meditation called GlobalOne.tv. Um... So there's nothing in his past that would show that he has any, he's ever harbored any anti-Islamic sort of views that he was actually was probably, you know, pretty touchy feely little liberal. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, let's hold hands and I'll get along. Yeah. And like, you know, his movie is called Not Welcome. And in fact, his snarky 25 minute long, uh, sort of teaser version of the documentary that came out in, uh, um, 2011, um, uh, he he made a blog post along with it called Holy War, y'all. You know, and so he was very taking a very <laughs> okay. lighthearted yeah. approach to okay. to these guys. Um but by January, let's see, he'd begun changing sides after learning more about terrorist attacks by Muslims overseas. Bell also read book books critical of Islam by Robert Spencer, who runs jihadwatch.com. When he tried to add his new views to the film, he lost his financial backers. Oh, wow. Hollywood likes a movie about outsiders being bullied by Southerners, he said. They don't like the story I want to tell. And wow. so he totally switched. And it's, it, it, like I said, in a way, it's like he got bit by the zombie and turns into a zombie. Like, it's the, there's a creepiness to this story that I'm oh. like, I can't wrap my brain around. How does that happen to somebody? And, and actually, the thing that it reminded me the most of, um, I don't know if you remember this guy, uh, Steve Drain, who was a documentary filmmaker back in April of 2000. He interviewed all of the Westboro Baptist Church people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Kirk Phelps people. Yeah. And then he ended up converting. He's one of the only members of the church that isn't part of the Phelps no family. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he was like, you same know, thing. Like... He like went into to make a film and ended up getting like brainwashed into their... Here's the deal. Here's the deal. As a filmmaker who's gone in and like done a, you know, done a documentary that was like, which you have, yeah, focusing on different sides of 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 one story, of one issue. That right. I went into the whole scenario feeling very strongly about the side that I agreed with. Right. Right. Um now my opinions on the issue never changed, but I did really start to like and respect 
the people who I disagreed with. Is it like Stockholm syndrome? Is it like no, you're I, around them so much? Or no, is no, no, it... no. Because think about think about sort of our modern political landscape. And this is my theory about it now: is that we 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 only associate for the most part with people who pretty much view the world the same way. Oh, as we totally. Do. Yeah. You know, like this is why we feel like our, in our little blue dot of Salt Lake City it can be very easy to forget what the rest of Utah is like. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. And, and so, because, you know, everybody that you rub shoulders, but that, I mean, that, that's not to say that everybody in Salt Lake is liberal. There's still a lot of people here who are conservative and, but I never encounter these people. Yeah. Ever. Right. But I, I don't know where they are. Yeah. But so, so anyway, so we're so used to dealing with people who only view the world our way that when we start to, excuse me, interact with people who are um who who do view the world differently and we see them as sort of our political enemies right, right? um we, we 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 get to know them and they're good people right you know well, they're they're people that you wouldn't mind having be your neighbor right because okay maybe he has kooky ideas about you know the NRA or you know or federal lands or whatever um you know, he's a good guy. What are the ones, what are the, what are the ideas or opinions that make it so that that doesn't count anymore? Cause I think what that you, you mean, can the feel, ideas or the opinions. Well, so I think that you could also go and make a documentary of a serial killer who's been in prison for the last 10 years sure. and, and that'd be a charming, funny, interesting person. Right. I think there's and certain there, issues that you're just never going to cross okay, That's over what I'm on. saying though. Like where, where do those start? Because I feel like that with this guy, I mean, isn't isn't the entire idea that he went to make a movie about the fact that these people are bigots? Right. And so he obviously had some grasp of the concept. Started to like the bigots. Well, but what I'm wondering is, but but, right, right. right. But what I'm wondering is, he obviously had strong opinions about the concept of bigotry. You can't say that because of this group of people over here that everyone that looks like that person is like that. And he somewhere along the line lost track of that entire concept or he was a touchy-feely liberal from an area where there were tons of liberals he never really processed his own point of view and he gets out into the world into middle america and starts interacting with real with with real middle americans right yeah and realizes oh they're not they're not complete assholes they're actually really good people right but because our political climate is so polarized we stop seeing the guy on the other side as being a good guy we we'd rather see him as being a total asshole, right? And and as jerk and as almost almost evil, but, right? But it wouldn't matter to me. It wouldn't matter to to me personally. It wouldn't matter how nice of a guy he is. He helped pull my truck out of the mud that one time. His wife's rhubarb pie is amazing. You know, they're just such sweethearts, and they just they just hate Muslims. Like it wouldn't everything full stop on they hate <laughs> Muslims. I'm like, you know what? They're they're but they're douchebags, right, right? Period. I I don't care. Right. Because they're bigots, and so I, I would have so I, everything else would go right out the window for me. Where I'm like, that's great. Sure. I hope you enjoy your life. That that's you, yeah. And that's hopefully most people. But I think that you know this guy is just he's just an example of somebody who hadn't really really analyzed his own his own his own worldview. And so when all of a sudden he's confronted with just good people, he's used to just sort of going along with all the good people that he knows. I don't know. Maybe my, my theory is a little simplistic, but I mean, that, that's how I, that's how I think the 
a lot of times this happens. I never was going to like, you know, with, with my, with my documentary, I was never going to agree with, you know, the people on the other side. Maybe of the that's issue. part of it though, is that because you it, also I mean, had, because to, it was a, it, ultimately an it was an LGBT issue. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe that's and, part of it is that if he, yeah. if he was Muslim, maybe this whole story would be different because right. he, there's an investment there. Right. Instead of just being the touchy feely guy that's has zero investment in either side and chooses a side. Right. It's just, and, the, and, I, and it's I guess here's so also the thing for me. me, like the reason why it, it kind of worked and it was kind of weird, um, was that a lot of these people reminded me of like family members. Mm. And so who, because my family is really conservative and doesn't really like the whole gay thing and all that. And so like, there's a part of me that's able to still like a person, even though like them as a human being. Right. Right. Even though I know they don't really like everything about me, you know, I and think that's kind of a weird thing. No, like, I completely I, get what you're but, saying. But you sit there and you, you go through these interviews and, and, and you get to like a couple of them, yeah. right? There were certain characters I always felt were kind of, you know, kind of jerks. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, one person who I thought was a jerk <laughs> and, um, but I'd sit there and, and the, the, the weird thing about sitting with footage and editing it for a long period of time is, and, and going over it. And I mean, I was, I was in, I edited that film for, it was over a year. Right. You know, and, it was a full length. I mean, it was a full um, length film, right? Yeah. It's an hour long. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and anyways, so, you know, I spent all that time and I, and w- what's weird is that like the people that you start to really become very affectionate feel a real affection for right and you're like my god that person is just awesome that i showed up back down in 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 the little town where i was filming and uh, i guess i can why am i being so coy about it down in canab and um and started talking to um one of the one of the people one of the women in the film ruthie and uh and i don't think she had any sense of like how how much i thought of her like how much And how much time I had sat editing footage where she's walking. Looking at her face. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like really this weird thing where I I felt like she was a friend, but she wasn't. Right. Right. And so it even happened that way for like the mayor who I, who I really think he's the only one who at the end of the day, I feel like, um, even though he seems like my dad, would really like him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it doesn't mean that, that I need to. Well, you're and, having, but, but yeah, there's vicarious but when I was emotion, editing him, right? I made sure that I always edited him, um, very fairly. And I always thought of him as like a friend of my dad, as somebody that my wow. dad would really like in order to, in order to pull that off. Right. You know? Well, you know, I think it's really, you, 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 you hit on something that I don't think I had ever really thought about before until you said it just now that I think is so completely true in my own life. And I can only imagine for a lot of listeners out there too, is that as someone who is not only not religious, um, and I like to consider myself not religious more than I do atheist, agnostic, anything like that is I, I, I rather think of it as, cause I think there's lots of people out there that are atheists that just mm-hmm. never think about religion at all one way or the other. Sure, yeah. Whereas I am not religious. I, I don't like the things that religion does to people. I don't, I don't like the things that religion in does period mm-hmm. to the world sure. and to people's rights. And, and, but I find that I struggle very often to be 
flat out mean towards religious people. And it is because I do the exact same thing where I project the love that I had for my grandma Mm -hmm. and grandpa and my extended family who are all very religious Mormons that, that I project that those emotions onto people that I see that are religious and I don't, and I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Right. And I can't, as much as I want to be like, and like really right. be this soldier of like, you know, it's, saying it's good. Ugh. It's good that you have that reaction because that reaction is the one that's going to actually, because like, let's say you did get in the person's face. Yeah. All you do is, is, is further, um, solidify, solidify yeah. the feelings that they, the beliefs that they have. Yeah. And then possibly yelling back at you is kind of do the exact same thing for you, me. which is, I don't, I don't want to get all super entrenched. Yeah. Right. Like I, I want to be able to take new things on as they, as they approach. And I don't want to have, have to have spent all this time being angry and upset and solidifying these pathways in my brain Yeah, that are like, so whenever that thing comes up again, I only react. You're totally right. You're totally right. Because one of the things that's the most important to me when I do encounter people that are religious who maybe don't know me is that, is that, I am able, I am a person who is full of, of love mm-hmm. and goodwill and faith and believes in the, the, the good natured, uh, it believes in, 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 uh, uh, in the goodness of other people without any Christ involved right. that, that I can be all of those things without any religion involved. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, and that you can't have good faith in other people without believing in the Bible. Absolutely. You, you completely can. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so I want to be that. And it's just, it's hard sometimes because you also at the same time want to be like, but I also think that everything that you believe is full is just total bullshit. <laughs> I think it's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life and right. how you spend so much time thinking about it blows my mind. Right. You yeah. know, but how do you know, you can't do that without hurting somebody else's feelings. Right. Yeah. So well, I guess you do and, it on a podcast that yeah. they don't listen to. I guess I'm, that's how you do it. I'm going to anticipate the possibility that somebody's going to ask about this documentary on the Facebook page. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Plug it. And just um, do it. Plug it's, it. It's the title of it is Natural Family Values. Um, I produced it a few years ago, number mm-hmm. of years ago, actually. Now at this point, um, and you, you can find it on Amazon. Um, it is available on Amazon. So how much do you how much do you get if somebody buys it on Amazon? I get I get a chunk. You can also rent it, and I, I get a little a little bit from you that get, too. You get like a seven dollar check in the mail, huh? No, because it has to go over a certain amount before they'll actually send the money. So, which See, happens very infrequently. You're sitting at home, you're like, days. God, I'd love a bottle of wine. I wonder if they're going to send a check. No, I haven't touched the account in a while. Um, how, much, so, how much do you think is in there? Oh, like $120. That's cool, though. <laughs> that might be more than I ever made in my entire musical career. Oh, really? Yeah, so you're doing pretty oh, good. No, no, no. I mean, that's I, when, when it first hit Amazon, I don't know how this happened. Um, but I received an email on a totally unrelated account. Um, okay. but that was the account that's connected to my Amazon account. So Amazon, and I wasn't the one who put the the thing up, right? Like mm-hmm. it was, um, um, a, a co-producer who, who actually did a lot of this post-production stuff. And he was, he finally sort of was the one who did like, it. Hey, so it's I think, on Amazon. I think his, uh, his email account is probably the one that's like linked to the film oh, okay. from Amazon's perspective. Uh-huh. And I received the morning after it had gone onto Amazon, I received an email that with five documentaries that was like, that said, these are five documentaries that you might enjoy. 
and mine was at the top of the list. Oh my god, you're kidding! It was the most bizarro thing. That's always the first thing you click on. It was totally. You rare. know what I mean? And we we got a lot of sales when it first hit wow. Amazon. So, anyways, boy, I've really yammered on about that way too long. No, it's it's good. It's it's so, something that you made. It's a good. It's a good yeah. Thing. So if anybody yeah. wants to check it out, go rent it. It's it's cute. It's fun. Don't buy it. Just don't rent buy it. it. Just rent it. So you're, not gonna, you're not going to watch it twice. It's like six cents. You know, By the time you get to the actually, end of it, you're like, oh, I don't need to watch I, it. Again. I have one friend who, um, she's so sweet. She, uh, I don't even know how many copies she ended up buying, but oh. it was like the gift that she gave to everybody. Oh, really? For like, for like a year. Whenever anybody's birthday oh. would come up or whenever it was like, whenever she would like, she would go order a copy Natural of Values. Natural Family Values. And, uh, yeah, she, she supported a That's lot. That's pretty awesome, actually. And so she actually, you know, and giving it as a gift, I, I know she got it kind of out into the world a little bit, too. Wow. So Great for Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. Today's Father's Day. Today's that, Father's that, Day. Jo- that joke won't sell at all tomorrow. No, tomorrow when you're downloading this. Sorry, right. everybody. It's the problem with those timely jokes. So, yeah. Anywho. What you got? Do you have any? Or is it me? It's, it's me. you. It's oh, my you. goodness. We went that long. Oh, online. my God. I can't believe it. Um, here's a fun one, and we we can just kind of rush through it. Um, evangelical silence on Mitt Romney's Mormonism. God, I almost had this one. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that headline somewhere, and I was I couldn't stop thinking about that. Yeah. It's really, it's really wild. It's really hypocritical. Oh, yeah. It's really, really hypocritical. These guys were like... You every time you turned around, it was like you know. I mean, first it started off with, you know, Bush is going to win the Holy War mm-hmm. from the evangelicals, and you're like, oh, okay, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Hopefully, in four years they'll calm down. Then a black guy wanted to be president, and they're like, he might be the Antichrist, and right. you're like, for for real. And mm-hmm. now you're finally getting like, you finally have something to complain about. Uh, you finally yeah. have something to complain your about. Your candidate, yeah, your party's your co- candidate, or candidate, yeah. For president, is a, a Mormon. Is a Mormon. Yes. Which up until what six months ago was, you were calling a cult. cult. Yeah, it's a really big deal. <laughs> like y'all should get your own house in order. Like stop complaining about the Democrats. Oh my! You've got God. your own problems yeah. here. Yeah. Like yeah. that's amazing. And and the thing is that that's so weird is that I don't know. It, I, I wonder if there's something to it that has to do with the the power. The power that they know that they wield, right? It's like Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. The evangelicals know how powerful that they are, where they can literally make a moderate Republican like John McCain turn into senior crazy pants, right? right? And within a matter of months, because they're essentially like, hey, bro. Yeah. If you really want, if you really want this, if you want all of our votes, yeah. you know, you better get behind us. And he totally yeah. did, yeah. and essentially ruined any integrity that he had left. Yeah. And now you're like, they they must totally realize, like, hey, if we want the, if we know, don't want him in office anymore, if we don't want President Obama in office anymore, yeah, then we've got to get this guy. God, we've got to back off. We got to back off on all this Mormonism equals cult stuff. Don't you think that the that the Mormon church, I mean, they probably never say it out loud, but behind closed doors, they're like, oh, thank God. Like, he probably won't win, but at least this means that when people talk about us, they don't think we have horns. <laughs> right? Because because everything's being tamped down in, in order to make it seem like, yeah. oh, if we get, you know, at least he's religious. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I know. It's it's really weird. I mean, some weird things have come out for the Mormons. Um, I don't know if you read this thing, and I think it was the New York Times, 
It was an op-ed. Um, a oh goodness, I forget what his. He's like a college professor. He's Mormon. I think he teaches in New York or oh, back okay. East yeah. somewhere. Okay, and he um, he 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 came out and was like, "Yeah, Mormons aren't Christian." Yeah, yeah, he fully said it. I and, did see and that. It was like, yeah. "Whoa, dude!" Like yeah. you. Wow, you just opened up a big can of worms. You know how many and, years we've been trying to say we're Christians? Yeah. Don't do that. We actually increased the size of the font <laughs> so that Jesus Christ is bigger than the rest of the words in the name of our church. Our Jesus Christ is spelled just like yours is. <laughs> That's Hello, because it used to all, they were all the same yeah, size yeah. as the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, and it was all the same size except yeah. for like the the and the ofs, you know? And so it was like, <laughs> so now they've like made it Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, that you, so you see it and you kind of, they're trying to downplay the whole of Latter-day Saints thing yeah. because like, what is that? Yeah, totally. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like made with real milk. It's like when, yeah. it, you know, it's like you need to really show that like, it's the same Jesus as your guys's. Mm-hmm. It's all the same Jesus. I used to hate telling people I was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Honestly, if your church has more than three words in it. Ugh. I think yeah. at, every time that you add another word to it, the spookier your church becomes. Oh, yeah. Right? I hated it. I yeah. hated saying it. I hated it all growing up. It was so so much more easy when, when I could just get away with saying that I was Mormon. But that was so frowned upon in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, it was they, like they a were derogatory shying, term. Totally shying yeah. away from the word Mormon. Yeah. Now they love it. They're like, and I'm a Mormon. Yeah. Like, they love doing it now. The, the, somebody finally got to them and was like, you know. Embrace it. They should just change it and say, we're Christians, but we also think that Native Americans were the lost tribes of Israel. Well, can they just call it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. They came to America on boats that they built out of coconuts or something. (laughs) I don't think it was coconuts. I like that. Close. Something like that. You know, it might as well be. Yeah. Some Swiss family Robinson shit for sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They built boats and made it all the way to America. Yeah. But what, but here's what our listeners probably don't know is that the Book of Mormon actually has two stories of groups of people from the Middle East making it all the way to America. Yeah. yeah. Because the the main story that everybody always talks about is the the Lamanites and the Nephites and all of that, you know, right. Right, all that. Right. Uh preceding the all of them by like how many well, how was, like oh a thousand years yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Supposedly there was also this other group called the Jaredites. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the Book of Ether, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they um and they did the exact same thing. They they were instructed to build like these barges. Yeah. And the, the this is the story of the finger of God touching the stones. Mm-hmm. So the stones glowed right. and gave light inside Which totally the barge. Which reminds me of Temple of Doom. Oh yeah. It's yeah. totally you oh, know, yeah, totally. Above Shabbat and he puts the rock in and it glows. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody so, like, should make the, Spielberg the, should make that into a movie. Oh God. Ooh, Book of yeah. Mormon? Book of Mormon. Yeah. Really the scary. Mormons tried to make a Book of Mormon movie, but ugh. No, he need Peter Jackson or somebody. Oh, my God. It, you know, like, to be honest. It'd be a thrilling movie. It, th- th- there are parts of it that if if you pick to tell the story of that one part, you know, not, 
Not too bad. Yeah. You, you could definitely have some fun with it. It would just totally turn into Battlefield Earth, though, where it was oh, just, it's so essentially, gross. you're just like, we're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wouldn't it would matter. Be the, un, it would Here's be the thing undoing. that I think people forget, though, is that when people are like, that is the craziest story in the world, why would anybody ever believe that mm. story? The thing that they're forgetting is that when Joseph Smith wrote all this stuff, mm-hmm. it was during that era where news took so long to get places yeah. that guys like Edgar Allan Poe could create like elaborate hoaxes of like you know uh you know who did half like a hot air balloon to the moon you know and you believe it you're like <laughs> oh sure of course he did okay. they, they took hot air balloons and went to the moon which is literally one of the hoaxes that i think it was poe that oh actually made that made up that hoax and it took like a week before people are like oh that didn't really happen so to be oh like, oh, God. they built a boat and they <laughs> sailed it to America. Like, right. that doesn't seem outlandish at all. That seems like at the time it was like, well, yeah, why, why couldn't you? Yeah. Why couldn't you just do that? It's well, like, and, you know, the, the, Joseph Smith was not the one who invented the story of ancient Israelites, you know, making their way across the ocean to, right. to the new world. Right. And that they were the, 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 the source of of the native americans right? Yeah, right like i mean it's just it's lunacy but <laughs> but he but he liked the idea and he was a total charlatan so yeah. like he he saw he saw a buck in it you know <laughs> and so he t- he went for it and he did yeah well, he, we're t- talking- he, he was a, he was a, a soothsayer he, he, he was a diviner right well, you, you're talking and, about uh, you're talking about a guy that kept a mummy yeah and was like hey kids you want to see abraham <laughs> And he would. He would charge like neighborhood kids. Like I know that sounded a lot more. Uh, <laughs> that sounded really creepy. Yeah, it sounded a lot creepy. Well, oh, is that what you call it? Yeah, Abraham. <laughs> I don't know. It's Father not a Ra- whole lot. Come see Father Abraham. I, well, it's not a whole lot creepier. I mean, right? Oh, okay. I mean, how much creepier is that really than just like let me get, let me show you the body, right? That I have in my house. Yeah, that's that's pretty it's creepy. A mummy. Yeah, it's, it's a mummy. A mummy. That's, it's a, it's it's remains. Well, it, it, it's human is, remains. It is. But if you house. call it a mummy, it's different. I have I have a mummy in my living room. Right. I would deal with that much better than I have a corpse in my living room. <laughs> it's the same thing. It is the same thing. But if you came to me and said, "Hey, you know what? I have a mummy in my living room. You want to see it?" I'd be like, "You know what? I think I do." <laughs> but if you were like, "Hey, I've got a corpse in my living room," I'd be like calling the cops on you right there's a difference five pence five pence for a minute's look (laughs) okay all right all right what else have we got going on uh this is a this is kind of a crazy one um this is a this is a headline okay let's hear it more than 200 church leaders across the country now say they no longer believe in god wait 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 what more than 200 church leaders <laughs> across the country say now say they no longer believe in God, including a Houston area pastor who was one of the first to publicly announce his decision. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Mike Oss, A-U-S, who was pastor at Thelo... So, oh, my God. Theophilius. Theophilius, Thelonious Monk, uh, church in Caddy, made the announcement during an appearance on Sunday morning show on MSNBC. Hardly anyone reads the Bible, said Oss on Up With Chris Hayes' program. If they did, the whole thing would be in trouble. Wow. 
Wait a second. Theophilus. Say it again. Theophilus. I think it's Theophilus. I'm across the room, so yeah. I really can't see. Your I think screen. you're right. Uh, Theophilus church members told Local 2 Investigates that they were blindsided by the announcement. They said they had no idea that Oss had completely changed his beliefs until they saw him on the program. Are you going to preach next Sunday? Host Chris Hayes asked Oss. I'm going to go back next week and meet with my leadership and talk about where we go from here, said Oss. We'll see. He was a longtime Lutheran pastor at churches in the Houston area, but now says he no longer believes in the message that he's been preaching for almost 20 years. My goodness. Um, as I started jettison the beliefs, I came to realize fairly recently that there wasn't a whole lot left. Mm. Uh, the effect was immediate in his church with about 80 members. Weeks after his announcement, the church dissolved. Members did not want to talk with local two on camera, but they said their pastor's completely changed, complete change in faith was devastating, as you can imagine it would be. Uh, when a pastor comes forward and well, says, uh, oh, I love this. When a pastor comes forward and says, I don't believe anymore, it rocks their world, says, said Dr. Keith Jenkins, a Methodist pastor and former president of Houston Graduate School of Theology. Members see pastors as spiritual superheroes. Yeah, yeah. If he, if he lost his faith, who else could lose their faith? Is- well, one thing I think, anyways, one thing I think is interesting is like that, you know, the, uh, he, like he said, uh, you know, they see their pastors as spiritual superheroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have to actually argue the opposite. I think that if you're the guy that's sort of, you know, leading the wagon train, so to speak, mm-hmm. I, I, it's got to be a hundred times harder for you because every time that a member of your congregation dies, anytime anything happens in that community, people are coming to you. Mm-hmm. For this, you know, for these answers and pastors don't get divine revelation. I mean, most of them aren't, most of them are, well, but I'm just saying you act like it's a a thing. You said that like, you know, you know, they, they, they don't get divine revelation. Yeah. They're low on the totem pole. No, what I mean is that, is that I think that guys that feel like that they do get. Uh, I, I think that that you know uh, religious leaders who think that they do get that kind of divine mm-hmm. revelation find it easier to come up with easy answers for people. Whereas mm-hmm. to me, I think pastors for the most part are just guys that are like, you know, you sort of end up in that job after so it's long a, in the community, yeah, and they, like they feel a calling, so yeah, to speak, right? They, but they then feel, they they feel that there's something within them. I'm surprised or, that there aren't. I have to say. It seems like it would be a cushy job. Oh my god! Right? It seems like it, like yeah, okay. You're, you're you've got all the shit of a whole community that gets like pounded on you, but it's like I've got to say, like just to have like office hours and have people come and go and just yeah. talk to people and shake hands and smile yeah. and wish them well and prepare a little speech. You know, god, maybe you're once right. Once a week, it's, it's also like, it, that sounds like a kick ass. How about job. The, how about the community perks? Oh yeah! I bet you never pay for a frozen yogurt in your town. <laughs> you just you just have to know the right frozen yogurt stand. Oh my god, though it'd but be like it's like a small town like, mobster. Like you just yeah. you know you, you get you, new tires put on your car yeah. for free. You get I mean I think probably all that stuff is well, just and like you, you hit the perks. nail on the head. You want the small town one. You want oh, yeah. you want a city of about fifty thousand people mm-hmm. or, or less. You know, and then I and think I, it's an awesome job. I, I just, but. You would either have to be a believer or be a liar about that belief. And he obviously was unwilling to continue lying about it. Jenkins said many church leaders question and then lose their faith, but never before has it been a public phenomenon. It's almost gone viral, said Jenkins. Wow. So is there like a list of other pastors, Uh, ministers? 
reverends? The website www.clergyproject.com has become a confidential gathering group for pastors, ministers, and other church leaders who no longer believe in God. The group said it has more than 240 members. Wow. Some like us have gone public. Most other church leaders in that group have kept their new lack of belief hidden from others, including their congregations. In order to keep their job. Yeah. Because seriously, like, what do you do with that? Wow. Imagine hacking that website. <laughs> Getting all the IP addresses of everybody and just sending out mailers. That's kind of like outing people. I don't like outing people. No, I agree. Although they are hypocrites, and that's the one scenario. That's why that one movie, uh, what was it, Outraged? Right. Where they actually outed... Outed people who had politi- pl- like, yeah, publicly spoken out against gay yeah, and lesbian. I mean, but who, who were... Yeah. What do you, okay. So let's, 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 let's talk about that for a second. What do you, what do you do there? What what do you do? So I'm, I'm, I have this congregation. Mm-hmm. I no longer believe. Right. But I'm keeping it secret because I know that this church that is a huge part of this community. Right. That all these people need me to get up there and say these things to make them feel like that they understand their lives and mm-hmm. why little Timmy got cancer and why the cat got run over. God knows what, right? Sure, like yeah. That I have to give those answers. What is my responsibility? Well, I don't, I don't, I, th- I think you have a responsibility to truth. I, th- I think you need to come out. I think you need to. I mean, I I don't think that there's really any dilemma here. I think I think that these these you know religious leaders they need to come out. They owe it to their community for one, um, and for two, and that's something that they probably don't feel yet is a connection to other atheists and the atheist movement. Oh no, I'm sure that they. I mean, and so I think they're the, joining the, this website because they feel so alone. Exactly. So yeah. what about this though? What about okay? Let me give you an A B scenario. Do do I A come out and tell the, my entire congregation that I'm an atheist or do I be like over the pulpit? Yeah. Or do I just retire? Great. Or do I just retire? And I let a new guy come in and I, well, I, 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 I'm around for another year and then I just quietly move out of town. No, 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 no. I like the why, drama. Why, of coming why out. though? Why? Because for the people that still believe, why not just let them keep fucking believing in it? It gives them, you don't shake their faith at all. Because you guaranteed don't. there's people out there in that congregation who are there and don't believe. Oh, who are there okay. for, for, um. So in a way it is like coming out of the closet. Oh yeah. No, it's the exact it's same thing. The, that's it's why, for that's this why community we need to be more vocal. We need to start, I didn't like really self-identifying as atheists. Okay. Let our family members know. And I know that it's a painful thing. And, and then I, the and little we, old ladies out in the congregation that still have their faith. If it's strong enough, it won't be shook by the fact that I am. Right. And you know what? One of those little ladies might be an old cold stone atheist. Yeah. But she's been coming to that church forever and, you know. Yeah. And you stepping down, she might be like, you know what? At least I still know this kind atheist and we'll have tea on Thursdays. It's like my my friend that I know that, you know, he had completely become an atheist every time he'd come into town. He would still go to church with his mom and Mm -hmm. his mom who had become an atheist would still go to church with her son because oh. each one thought the, it's like a bad sitcom. Right. Each one thought the other, right, right, right. Oh, they're still really into this. So I don't want to say anything. Yeah. 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 And it turns out both of them are yeah. like, Oh my God. <laughs> Just you know? really. Yeah. Like, Oh God. Okay. We don't have to do that anymore. Right. 
Like that's I guess why it just, I guess it just, it feels, so it feels so, it feels sad to me for some reason. Like not, not, the, so. not, not, because not for I think, the, not for the pastor. Right. Like I feel, I feel sad that guy feels like that he might have to stay in the closet about atheism. I just, I just, that, that idea. I mean, it seems like something out of a movie of getting up in front of everybody and being like, there is no God. Well, I think, I think think there's a way to handle it, you know, but what are you concerned about here? I don't know. Like, I I don't, it just seems sad for some reason to the, to the people that do believe. I know that we talk about, you know, the need to be nice and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I think that that scenario, you get up, you give a nice little sermon and you sort of end it, you kind of lead it up to a point and you say, you know, my beliefs have, have changed over the, you know, the last little bit. And I, you know, as of today, I am resigning as, because I no longer as your pastor. In God. I, I no guess I'm just picturing that. Like, I, I'm, I don't think that I'm that's picturing a... this guy, uh, awesome, uh, uh, you know, that the got on MSNBC and did this. And, you know, just this part, just like the effect was immediate in his church with about 80 members. Weeks after his announcement, the church dissolved. There's something like in my head, I'm picturing like all these people walking out like the movies finally ended and they're like walking out and blinking in the sunlight like, oh, no. I like that ending. No one's watching the store. You know, like <laughs> there's something about that that's just heartbreaking to me. I mean, be, because I'm I'm comfortable in my belief system, but I can only imagine what a terrifying world it would be to suddenly like have this guy who probably like blessed your child when they were born sure. be like there is no god. Right. I just don't but I love for, my for, life, for but I don't wish of, that on somebody right. else. But for the kind of community church that you're talking about, yeah. I don't want to say I mean, yes, okay, all of a sudden these people lost their Community, right. right? They lost their church family, right? right? Um, most members of community churches, um, in my mind, you know, yes, yeah, some, maybe a few of them grew up entirely at that one congregation. But these are people who come and go from churches hmm. in a very different way. It's not like Mormonism or Catholicism, where there's like this centralized sense of like and, and sense of. of almost a singular identity and, and maybe the, I should just stick with Mormonism here right. of like this really singular identity where you belong to, you don't belong, you do belong to that local congregation and that is sort of your, your, your momentary church but family, we're Mormons. but you're Mormon. Right. And, 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 and yeah, you know, the Baptists have that, of course, all these different groups, they're Lutheran, they're Baptist, they're this, they're I that. I guess you're right. But like I, think these it's kind of, a, yeah. I do think it's a little yeah. different than, than the religious tradition that you're, coming from and they're most familiar mm. with it's not like salt lake all of a sudden dissolved right, right? which brings me to a thought that i've always kind of toyed with and wondered about which is how many how many non-true believers are down there oh yeah oh because god yeah the people no, I who believe in, in in sort of the 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 life and the quality of life that comes from Mormonism and the sense of community and family and all of that, yeah. that, that they, they see it because they're inside of it. And there's like, Oh, this good thing. And tradition That's, and I have family members that have done that. I have family yeah. members that went for years based solely upon the idea of like, this will signal some, this will signal some sea change if I stop going. So it's easier for me to not believe and just give up a couple hours on a Sunday. Right. And then I still get to keep all my friends. Right. Because that that was always my my reaction to to uh, Gordon B Hinckley, the the most not the current um, president right of the before, church, yeah. the one right before. Um, I never felt that he was a true believer because he really? always seemed. Yeah, I think I think he had sort of a cozy, nice feeling about like Jesus, 
And I think he, I think what he believed in more than anything that was Mormonism, not, not any, I don't think he was, he, he was not a hardliner. He believed in his community. He believed in his community. And yeah, because he didn't very, say he didn't he he, bore, said he definitely like bore the, testimony of Christ and all that. But he hasn't said half to. the controversial shit that what's his bucket? Who's the guy yeah, now? Tom Thomas S. Monson. The, the stuff that he said, Monson has said has, or has thrown Boyd down. Or K. Packer, yeah. who's like next in line. Like, these down guys the gauntlet, are gauntlet, like, man. They are like, true believers, mm-hmm. and they and so they come out and they have a totally different approach, totally different attitude about it. Mm. Whereas I never I never got that from Hinckley. Hunter, who was around just like for two weeks, right, didn't get that sense from him at all. Right, uh, he was just a nice old man in a wheelchair um, for like, and he was like president of the church for like six months or something. Like it was, he was not around for long. Did he die? Yeah. Oh, they always die. That's how they get. That's they die, and then there's a new one. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. And there's there's a, a strict hierarchy to it as well. They say that they like go in and they wait for the spirit to confirm. Who the next one's going to be? They know like who the next one's going to be. Oh yeah, it's never deviated. But they have to die before they get the next one. Oh yeah, yeah. The prophet dies, and then a new prophet steps up. It's like the and so that's why Boyd K. Packer is the next one in line. Like He's, the, and it's all just it's all just seniority. Who was called to the quorum of the twelve first? Because there's it's the quorum of the twelve, but there's actually there's like fifteen, well, like fourteen or fifteen of them, right? Yeah. Depending on how you're kind of counting it, and I can't remember how they officially sort of look at it. Um, but there's the quorum of the 12. And when there's a sitting prophet with his two counselors, there's 12 of them. Right. And then there's the prophet and his two counselors. Right. And so then when one of them goes up, somebody else gets to be part of the, when the prophet, when the prophet dies, his two counselors go take their place back in the quorum of the 12 and sort of the hierarchy, the, Mm. the, the, the the seniority. But one of those guys that was, was his counselor gets to be the, not one of the counselors. Oh. The counselors are not based on seniority. The prophet calls his two counselors out of the quorum of the 12. So it's the next oldest? It's the, not the next oldest, the next longest serving. Oh. Okay. So that's why Hinckley was around forever because he was he was called out of the quorum of the 12 as a pretty young man. And that bastard just wouldn't die. Oh, and then, then he lived to a ripe <laughs> old age. Right. And so like he was, what, like 14, 15 years? like. One of the longest serving yeah. presidents of the, of the yeah. Mormon church in, in a very long time. And so anyways, he, um, and then of course now there's Thomas S. Monson who will be around for a while, I'm sure. And then when he dies. When he dies, I, everybody suspects that Boyd K. Packer will go first. Right. He'll go before Thomas S. Monson and thank the maker. Well, Mormons should be thanking the maker. I wish he actually did ascend because the guy, he, he, I think he'd scare some people out of the church. Sure. Especially with sort of the strides that the church has been taking to be more open and accepting and trying to right. like, yeah. you know, and being friendly to the gay community. They're not like, you know, they're not accepting, you know, I mean, technically in a weird way, they are accepting gays into the church, but then they have this, there's this whole caveat that you can't, you can't be sexually active. You can't yeah. be partnered and all that. Can't leave the house. Can't, <laughs> right. no one, no like, one can say your not name in public. It's really a cool or awesome, open, um, you know, um, accepting of, they're not accepting right. homosexuality. But anyways, we've talked about that at length on other episodes. Listen to those ones. Um, if you want to know more, uh, about I had that. no idea but that's yeah. how they did that though. And so, so yeah, so it's all set up on this hierarchy, but I, I guarantee if Boyd K Packer came along like today and started like, 
remember he's the one that they had to like re-edit they had yeah. to edit what oh, he yeah. said and the official transcript that gets published in in the the enzyme which is the mormon monthly magazine yeah that goes out they always publish transcripts of everybody's speech from from general conference they edited his they changed what he said Oof. because he came out and he said stuff that was just like i mean it was not the official stance of the church anymore and so instead of like saying that all they did was just change the transcript what did he say it was something about i think it was something about homosexuality or race maybe it was one of those like oh you're an old man stop it stop being an old man the college and the jew folks when they get angry will levitate (laughs) turn off his mic turn off his mic (laughs) kill the feed one dies and then another one yeah it's like the skexies from the dark crystal yeah well, what's strange is that nobody caught it beforehand because they have to provide a written copy of their speech. Well, that's not entirely true. They're supposed to provide a written copy of, went their, off, of, their, script. of their speech because they they do simultaneous translation. And so uh, so they have all these translators who are like translating in like 35 different languages live while it's happening. Yeah. Oh, and, God. Uh, How great it would so, be to get some of their faces while they're just like <laughs> click, 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 click. Click, 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 oh click, click, speaking, translating. Oh, they're translating. They're, oh, they're actually they're, speaking. They're it. listening to it in English. Oh, and shit. so it goes out in Italian and German and French. Oh, I didn't know that they were actually Spanish doing actual... and Japanese. All, all, all these languages get simultaneously transferred or translated. It's like the UN. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it is. They, they have a huge setup for it. Because they, they're a global church. Right, because they send out missionaries oh. Oh, all yeah. around the world. Yeah. It's wild. I listened to the Italian one once, and it was it was really weird. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Because it's just like Italian immigrants. To Do the they US try and like and put some, on... Some missionaries who like speak like at a really high fluent level. Do they put on different voices when they're doing different people? They actually, if I remember right, they swap out. Oh, because. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, I not, do, they're not doing it like one guy. It's not like it's not like the prophet always has his translator, right? It's not like that. But they they'll have like two or three because it's just uh, simultaneous translation is exhausting. Oh, sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I did it at the level of, that I spoke Italian. Um, I don't think my brain could like do that. Actually. One time, like a few times, I did it, and until like. Yeah, it's 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 fairly exhausting. I don't even think I could do that English to English. If you were talking right now and I was trying to repeat all the words that you were saying, you kind of I couldn't you do kind of it. slip into it. Really? You slip into the pattern. Wow. It's really strange though. Like because I'm trying to imagine doing it right now you're, as you're talking yeah. and I'm like there's no way I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'd be like it's, you're listening. I can't do it. It's it 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 is strange and I don't know why we have the capacity to do that but we do. Hey, let's skip the rest of everything uh that we had prepared. Okay. Movie review. Hey, check out Hell House. God, we go long when it's me and, and you. I know. Huh? We have a hard time. We can we still talk about Hell House time. next time I'm on. Yeah, let's do that. We never got around the Dallas thing again either. I know. We'll have to do maybe what we do next time <laughs> is we just have an Adam episode. Hey. And we, we Hey everybody, it's me. I hope people out there think that this was less mean than last time I was on. We got Aww. some comments last time about how the episode was so mean. And I was like and I at first I took it personally and then you were like, To be fair, Adam, I'm the one that said fuck your fucking Bible. And I was like, Yeah, I guess that's true. That wasn't me, that was you. So maybe I bring I'm a bad influence on Frank. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, but anyways, if you have not ever checked out the documentary Hell House, yeah, 
totally check it out. It came out in the early 2000s, um, and it follows um, the story. I mean, at this point, people probably have heard of Hell House. Well, you know what they're doing now? It's spread. You know what they're doing on the East Coast now is that there's a theater group that puts on a completely by the book, no tongue in cheek, no irony, no nothing. It is exactly the same as the ones in the movie. They put on a oh, hell house wow. in New York City. Oh wow. And this whole theater group puts it on essentially just and it really there it's a very different kind of dialogue because people are really upset, but they try to explain in the begin in the beginning before it starts, this is supposed to be as authentic. We are using all the same dialogue, mm-hmm. same scripts. Mm-hmm. So they were able to buy the scripts because they sell the people that do the Hell House uh, they sell it to like other churches. Yeah, they sell it, the whole pack, packages online. Oh my god! So you can build your own. Amazing. Yeah, and so this theater group puts it on just and, to show like this is how scary what they're doing so, is. Just so you kind of understand what what we mean by Hell House. Around Halloween, there's this church that sort of was the one that got this all started down in a suburb of Dallas, I think. Yeah, um, Trinity Assembly of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they. Um, they they've set this sort of alternative spook house, spook alley up as um, they, they reenact all these scenes. And so there so would the be like scenes, a rape scene, yeah. There's or an abortion gone wrong, scene. or a kid that shoots or, up his classroom, or right. a guy, a gay man dying of AIDS, uh, begging for forgiveness. And in each one of these scenes. Uh, you see the characters that are playing. So the kid has the gun in the classroom and a a demon, a person dressed up, red faced demon comes into the room and yeah. And convinces this kid to kill the whole classroom of people. So each one of them has a demon in it at the very end. When you get to the very end of it, then pastors come into the room and basically are like, if you think that maybe you're like one of these people in these scenes and you need to get right with the Lord, I'm going to count to five and you can walk through this door right here. And there's people waiting to pray with you on the yeah. inside. And yeah. it's intense it's when you watch it is. Yeah. My people heart are like beating around. Like, and I don't want to go through the door. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to go through the door? Where else? Where's the other exit? I'm just sitting at home watching it on my iPod. Oh, totally. It's like, Whoa. no, it really, I, and you were kind of like, you had more of a sort of a little bit of a flippant attitude. Like those people are crazy. And I was like, it really, uh, like I was really unsettled. Like I thought about it for weeks, just yeah. like it really, the fact that the worst one for me was the girl who got raped and now is trying to have an abortion. And the demon uh, is next to her telling her that it was her fault that she got raped. Yeah. And, and, and in that scenario, it's her father that raped her. And, oh, and God, it's, yeah. it's like the fact that that's the, the line they're trying to tow yeah. or the one where the, the demon is going to pull the gay man into hell mm-hmm. because he was gay. Right. It, it's it, like, it seriously was so, and the only, so there's like one scene of like kids that these juggalo kids that go through it, that come out the other side that want to go and argue with one of the right. pastors that was in charge of it. Right. And it's so sad because it just makes you realize that this lone voice of these dumb juggalo kids, they're like, but dude, that's not the way things should be. And he's like, well, the thing is kids. Duh. And you're like, get me in that movie. I want to be in them. I want to argue <laughs> with that guy. I want to be kids. Come here for a minute. Yeah. Let me give you some tips, you yeah. know, and there's no one else there yeah. to argue a second opinion. Well, you can't argue in that kind of scenario. All you can do, all you could do is maybe just say that was really tasteless. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the only kind of critique you could possibly, you couldn't ever like say, like get down to like the theology or the, this or the, that you'd have to just say, you know, it's actually quite tasteless, but the thought that I did have, and we're in a doing a review. You have 30 seconds. We weren't going to do a review. You have 30 seconds. So you just say, fuck your fucking Bible and, and you leave because there's nothing else you can say. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I said, I, I, I know we said we wouldn't do a review, but the thing that really, um, really struck me watching it was that that because at first you can't understand why this why these really religious really conservative and believe me sheltered you listen to some Mm. of these conversations that they're having about like what things are called and this and that they don't know anything about any other raves yeah and they're they're trying to create scenes that will ring true to people yeah and but anyway so like it's like why would those people choose and get so into it? Like yeah. I mean, this is like the popular event of the year oh, for yeah. this church. Kids get and, so excited when they're like, "I get to have a gun and kill somebody this year." Well, no, I'm the raped girl. Yeah, I'm the raped girl. Yeah, and she's too, super excited. Or the Anyways. one guy that, that that gets to put on a fake rave because yeah. they need a rave scene, and he used to be a raver, and yeah. so he gets to be a DJ, and he's like so excited. Well, it made me think of the. Sort of in the in in the Middle Ages, the 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 sort of how what New Year's was for um, a lot of Christianity, and it, it was this moment when um, the, they were allowed. God, I hope I'm getting this right. Where they were allowed to do whatever, and so the priests really? the priests would. And this may have been like the 1200s or 1300s or. Like this was this was not like in recent Europe. This was kind of right in right in the mid dark days of the mm. of the Middle Ages, and anyway, so um, of medieval time, um, and so they um, the the priests would actually um, like they they would go have sex. They would go nuts. They would drink. They'd booze it up. The 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 nuns would go nuts. Everybody would go nuts. Right. Everybody would would go out and just like party and have a big old time, and it was this catharsis. Right. It was this one moment where you could get it out of your system, whatever the stuff was that you were fighting off. There was this one moment, this one day, where you could just push it aside. Well, I remember you this. You could, you could, you could, in a sense, the whole year, whenever you had those urges, whenever those those temptations came up, you would be able to just say. I have a day for that. Wow. And it actually w- w- worked as a really interesting mechanism. And so I, I wonder if this isn't doing sort of the same thing for this community well, now, where they're allowed to sort of let off steam because they're, they're allowed to like, you know, say some pretty mean things in these scripts. Right. And they're well, able to like, and here's and, and, and cry and scream and, yeah, and, oh, yeah, and, and really imitate murder, or imitate yeah. sex or drug use. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's another take on that same idea. So Rasputin, the monk was part of a long sect of monks that uh, were uh, were called, uh, I think they were called flagellants, and it was their their entire way of understanding God was uh, out of self flagellation, right? Sure. But in order to be able to do that, to self punish by whipping or praying on on uh, on while kneeling on broken glass or you know wearing rocks in their shoes, right. all these different things, the only way that they were able to do that is if they were repenting for sin, and because they were monks. They would go out to towns and bring prostitutes back. They would bring, they would buy wine and they would have these orgies. No way. So that they then had sinned enough in order to then My be goodness. punished. 
right? And that, in a way, almost they believed that the punishment was good, so you needed to needed to do something in order to need the punishment. Yeah. Yeah, and so you think about these kids wanting to be like, well, yeah, I'm pretending to have sex. And then I get to shoot somebody in the face, but this is going to help people understand right. the glory of God, right? right. Like that, it, it, the the payoff at the end of it yeah. is still not that. Oh, I want to do this thing. It's oh, I'm only doing it mm-hmm. so I can teach a lesson. Yeah, fucking creepy. All right. Well, you can <laughs> like us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Follow us on Twitter at TGI Atheist. Our email address is podcast at thinkgodimatheist.com. It's been a little while since we've gotten an email, so send us an email. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, there has to be um, something in here that people agree or disagree yeah. with. And then uh, our voicemail is 424-666-8442. And yeah, um, the, the place that seems to be really hot right now is the Facebook page. So mm-hmm. that's if, if you're really wanting to interact with people, that's where I would go. We'll put the picture of uh, I want you to kill the infidels uh, <laughs> on there. <laughs> All it's, right. It's, it's very funny. Okay. Um, thanks again for having me. Well, thank you, Adam. Yeah. Um, it's nice to know. And just so just uh, we should probably cover this at the beginning of the hour where uh, Dan is. Dan. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we all know that he's in Europe, right? Um, he's been in the UK. But now he's he's in. actually now in um, Sweden. That's right. They're in, yeah. they're in Stockholm. They're doing uh, the uh, summer solstice uh, festival that they have in, in Sweden. Um, and I say they. Uh, his wife has gone over and some really good friends of theirs. And they've all gone over to kind of meet up with Dan. Well, not meet up. They're all meeting up in, in, in Stockholm. Um, and then they're going to do like a tour of Eastern Europe for the next few weeks. And so oh, I hope he doesn't get too bored. Uh, I know. Right. Poor so guy. we're playing it by year. We don't know if it, what's going to be going on for next week. Um, it could be that Dan is in a spot that's got good Wi-Fi and we're able to do it. Or, um, it could be that it's Adam or somebody else. We, we really don't know. So, but if it's me, I'm excited so to do it. Yeah, yeah uh, of course, man. I love doing this. It's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a topic I don't get to talk about a lot. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's a lot of fun to have you and, and thank you. And thank you for letting us use your facility. Yeah, of course. As well. Of course. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for listening guys. See ya. Bye-bye.